0: When I was in third grade, I started to play the flute. That's part of my story. I'm Julie.
1: When I was in seventh grade, I got my first kiss during Truth or Dare. I'm Maria, and that's my story. And this is Sparks of Madness. Sparks of Madness is a storytelling podcast that illuminates the beauty of our experiences while capturing those sparks that ignite what it means to be human. How you doing? <laughs> I'm all right. How are you? Uh, you know, daylight savings time is really kicking my butt. <laughs> oh,
0: I, I don't know why it's necessary to be perfectly honest.
1: Farmers. I'm guessing
0: <laughs> it's weird. If that's the reason when you live in like a big metropolitan city, like, well, the farmers need it. So everybody in the city else has to deal with it.
1: I was not at the meeting, so I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> fair enough
1: um <laughs> who do we have on today Julie
0: today we're talking to Mr. Damon Royster uh good friend of mine and a friend of yours
1: yes also one of the best pairs of legs I've ever seen
0: I've never heard that about Damon but <laughs> really? I feel I mean, like I'm not gonna disagree by any means I guess I've never noticed but they're also not Chicago anymore. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, so they don't belong here. No, but I feel like he's done a lot of show, not shows, but characters where his legs are a main focal point. Or maybe because I'm jealous, because my legs are short for my body. Like mm-hmm. I feel like my legs should be like a five seven body, but I'm five five.
0: <laughs> I don't like my legs at all. So I'm I'm sure Damon's are better than mine. I mean, I I feel like I've I've noticed his legs before, and I've been like, oh yeah, those are Damon's legs. Um, I'm sure he's going to feel real weird that we're just talking about his legs for a good two minutes. Um... They're great. (laughs) Anyway, here's Damon Royster.
2: Have you ever heard the song Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve? It is one of my favorite songs of all time. If you haven't heard it, it goes like this. Uh, The strings start in like a... Uh, and then later, more strings come in with a syncopated rhythm, like, and it starts soft. And it becomes uh, more of the melody as the syncopation gets louder and louder. And then the strings just can crescendo up a scale. And finally, the drums come in and you are transported to a new state of being. It is a tasty song for the ears, I must say. I first heard this song in the climactic scene of the 1999 film Cruel Intentions. Back in my teen years, it was hard to find any song that I liked. Here's where I met my age and share this fact. You couldn't just listen to a song instantly in the 2000s. Someone had to have it on a CD or an embarrassing thing called an MP3 player. So when I found out someone at my summer jazz band camp just had the song in a mix CD, I knew fate had brought us together. But let me back up. It was the year of our Lord, 2006 where in the summer between my junior and senior year of high school, I attended Northern Illinois University's jazz band camp. Yes, I wasn't happy with just any band camps. I had already been to three or four by this point. I wanted a hyper-focused experience in jazz, baby. Music was my life back then. I was second chair clarinet in the symphonic band, lead alto saxophone in my school jazz band, and I lethargically played in the marching band we had a rule that if you wanted to stay in band after freshman year, you had to do the marching band. It was a bit of a scam if you ask me. I don't know if I was the best musician, but I did play a lot. Symphonic band met every day in fourth period. After school Mondays were jazz rehearsals. Tuesdays were clarinet sectionals. Wednesday was my private lessons and Thursdays in the winters were rehearsals for the pit orchestra for which I was the principal clarinet player, brag, brag, brag. And Fridays in the fall were for marching band performances. Music had really consumed my teen years. When you're a teenager about to end your high school career, everyone is asking you, what will you do? What would you be? And the assumption would be that I would become a musician. It felt right at the time, so when my mom slipped me information about a summer week-long sleepaway jazz camp, I offered a resounding, sure, and packed my bags and saxophone. At the camp, you had two tracks to choose from. You could either do a small trio or quartet, or you could go into a big band section. I decided on big band cause they actually got sheet music and played already written songs. The smaller sets were a little bit more intimidating because they improvised most, if not all of their music. Musical improv was really scary to me at the time. Hilarious when you think about what I do now which is improv teaching. So I auditioned for one of the big bands. Number one was beginner. Number two was intermediate and three was advanced. I got into two, which I always love placing in the middle. I had people I was better than, and I didn't feel the pressure to produce an advanced level performance. I'm always down to coast in the middle. My instructor was a man named Art who gave me Bill Nye the Science Guy vibe with very white hair. Looking back, he probably got high a lot because he came to rehearsals very groggy and chill. It was a great jazzy vibe all around, but I'm very lead. There were only two saxophones chosen for the number two best big band on campus, me and Chris. Chris was your standard basic white boy from 2006, a loosely Caesar-style haircut, perfect for him as he always wore a baseball cap. He wore large white t-shirts and long-ish cargo shorts, and he always wore a gold chain around his neck, not big or anything, just a thin chain you could see sticking out from his neckline if you look close enough. And I was. I looked at him a lot, a lot, a lot. Chris had a calming demeanor and air about him that I instantly connected to. He was one of those shy boys that didn't say much, but he would smile and look and look away when he laughed, so you knew he was listening. He told me he was a painter. I hilariously thought he meant like Warhol or Picasso, but he assured me that no. He and his dad had a painting business where they painted other people's homes on the weekends. The thing I really liked about Chris was that, he, that his taste in music went beyond just jazz. The kids at the camp were incredibly pretentious. I mean, of course they were. We were at a jazz camp voluntarily, but... It all had the feeling of being fake, like everyone at this camp probably felt they had to beef up their jazz talks surrounded by these jazz musicians so they could feel at their level. I didn't feel that way. The counselors were all cool and chill and again, probably a little bit stoned, but I didn't feel that passionately about jazz. I felt powerful playing it and landing the musical licks and hitting the right notes in the right tone, not flat or sharp, but I also loved pop music and hip hop and even classical. I just liked music and Chris felt the same way. We didn't bond over our love of Pick Up the Pieces or Moonlight Serenade or any other jazz standards. There was only one song that bonded us, Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. I remember when we would walk to our rehearsals as a big camp, Chris and I would walk together. Chris put his CD player in his cargo short pockets and he would use his cord full, which is different than chord less, earbuds. He would give me the left bud, and he would take the right and together side by side, we would walk to our morning jazz rehearsal playing bittersweet symphony over and over again until the walk was over. We both loved the song. We both loved the strings and we both got hyped when the, when the drums kicked in. I was so at peace. I looked around at the hot but beautiful flat town of DeKalb, Illinois, where Northern Illinois University was. And I looked at my new friend Chris and I heard the lyrics from the Verve and I remember thinking, I want to remember this moment forever. And I did. I had never considered falling in love with a man before this week in 2006. Now, I'd been on my fair share of gay porn sites by then. Don't worry, I knew what was brewing inside of me, but that was all bare butts, penises, and frosted tips. This was the early early aughts, so every gay porn star was white with frosted tips. You had to specify your search if you wanted anything else. Ah, we love porn. But this was different. I loved talking to Chris. I loved hearing stories of painting. I loved mocking and praising our fellow campers and counselors as we saw fit. He was my guy. He was my friend. He was Chris. My mathematical thought process was this. I like everything about this guy, and I find men attractive. Putting those together, I had my clueless moment. Oh my God, I love Chris. It was the first time I had ever consciously realized that I had feelings for a real person, not just a man, anyone. Chris was my first love. Unfortunately, when you bond with someone over a song called Bittersweet Symphony, you're kind of doomed. It came time for the final day of jazz camp where all the big bands and smaller trios and quartets put on a performance. It was wild. Jazz in the main theater for the three big bands and then smaller performances for all the smaller groups in every classroom and rehearsal space. Jazz to the right, jazz to the motherfucking left. It was a jazzapalooza. And me, being the dramatic little bitch that I am, I wanted to capitalize on the chaos and tell Chris how I felt. Surely, with everyone running around, we could find some time alone. Surely. However, every time I saw Chris, he kept finding reasons to be or go elsewhere. He wanted to watch some small performances and didn't want to sit and watch the beginner bands in the big theater. I thought that was strange. How else would we know how much better we are? But I agreed to go with him. He didn't seem excited by that, but we watched all the smaller quartets and trios. After watching a few performances, we needed to change into our show clothes. There was a locker room where we held our instruments and our show clothes for performances. I decided to just strip right then and there in the locker room. This would be a great precursor to my let's do it attitude for Grinder. But Chris decided to go to the boys room to disrobe. After I got dressed, I wanted to check on Chris. Maybe I'll catch him naked and we would kiss. I wasn't exactly an expert at this time. I went to the boys' room and opened the door. Chris was buttoning up his shirt. Damn, too late. I told him something generic and stupid like, I'm done getting dressed. He dismissively said, okay. And I said, okay. And then I just stared at him for a long time. I hoped my look conveyed that I was in love with him. I hoped my look gave the message that it's okay if he's in love with me too, and that we could maybe try and make things work in like a long distance way. I wanted my look to scream, I know we live in two completely different Chicagoland suburbs, but maybe we could drive to each other's uh, towns and be a couple. Where are you going to college? I'll go where you go. I really hoped my staring at him said all of this, but I don't think it did because after a minute of standing there with the door ajar, Chris looked up at me and said, get out. And I did instantly. The rest of the day kind of petered out from there. Me and Chris had a joint improvised jazz solo in our uh, big band performance and it went fine. We had done so much better in rehearsal but when it came time to the actual performance, it felt like both of us were holding something back in terms of jazz, maybe in terms of so much more. After the performance, we had the briefest goodbyes. Our families were there and I don't think either of one of us wanted to explain what the other one was to our families. We did the classic 2006 thing and exchanged emails. His handwriting was so bad, I couldn't tell if I got the right address. I wrote him, but he either never responded or someone else got my message or it was all fake. He never wrote me. I never saw Chris again, and I have no idea if he felt the same way I did, but that's okay. Whoever ends up with their high school jazz band camp crush anyway, hopefully no one for the sake of this story. This memory is just like jazz it's a lot of disparate memories and elements with bitter edges that when fused together make for one really sweet memory about a first love.
0: Oh my God. I love that so much. <laughs> How are you feeling?
2: I'm sweating so much.
0: <laughs> um, this, th- knowing this story about you, cause this is, uh, I've known you for a little <laughs> bit. Um, yeah. Tells me so much about why we are your friends. um, um because I too was in marching band. I too played the saxophone. I too had my first love in band. Granted, uh, it was a straight
1: situation, but you know, love is love. Love love So it's all good. I was in orchestra. I played the violin. So, Mm. oh, I love that. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: But all my friends were in marching bands. I heard about all the marching band drama and, like,
0: always. Yeah.
1: And realized it wasn't like, I was like, oh, I wonder if this is happening at other schools. And it it was. Then like everyone when I mentioned, um, oh my gosh, who are the I forgot their actual name, but the people that twirl the flags and like the, the
2: color guard color guard. Color guard. Mm-hmm. I
1: I realized mm-hmm. that all the color guard guard people are the same at every school. And I'm like, oh yes, the most <laughs> dramatic. There was always drama. And a lot of my friends are on that, on that part of the team. So I was like, yeah. So I heard all about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that is true of colored they always they're always starting something <laughs> I hope it's okay that is his name but I figured it's such I mean just like now it's such a generic name that like I don't think I've destroyed his his identity
1: now did you ever look him up on social media or anything
2: every once in a while like maybe once yeah maybe like once a year I'll like go on Facebook or Google and I get like, I remember his, I remember how to say his last name, but I don't know how he spelled it. So mm-hmm. um, I, I try and look and I'm like, is that him? Because, you know, it's been almost 20 years. just a little shy of 20 years uh, since 2006. So I mean, I don't even know what he looks like now. He could have like, I don't know, could be he could be bald. Who knows? <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs>
0: I don't know if it's like a generational thing but I feel very strongly about music in the early aughts and the late 90s and how they are so connected to memories that we all have in high school Mm -hmm. and I like there are specific crushes I had like almost uh, like in a yearly like sophomore year type situation where I'm like oh yeah this year this was my crush and this was the song I had with that crush and that was like the theme it was like so that also hit me real hard and when when you (laughs) when you started your story you're like and you're like trying to sing out how bittersweet symphony goes i was like oh you could probably just like edit a part of the song in there but i was like no no no, this is better
2: (laughs) (laughs) i was wondering that i was like i'll just do it uh but yeah that is so powerful with music because i'm like especially just the idea because in writing the story it really did hit me like yeah you had to like search out the song you wanted to find, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, even if it was an, an illegal download or something, you had to look it up. You couldn't just like, Oh, here it is on Spotify or Amazon music and I'm just going to play it. And to just find somebody who like vibes with the song, the way you vibe with the song. I it just feels so powerful in a time where like songs weren't uh, as easily accessible, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people too had heard that song in cruel intentions. Cause I definitely wore out my, I have the DVD or VHS oh no no. one of those two (laughs) I can't remember now I'm aging myself right Uh, but I definitely like wore it out because I just loved that I was like this is what true love is and then Mm -hmm. like I've been re-watching uh certain Shonda Land shows and being like oh this is why I have problematic relationships because I was like they're supposed to be dramatic or there's like scandal for example I had the biggest thing for Fitz and I was like oh he's the greatest and then I rewatched it like two years ago and I'm like oh my god this man is atrocious
2: yeah like episode one he fully (laughs) had an affair with another woman yeah in addition to her (laughs) like like three women
1: (laughs) yes and then also I'm rewatching Grey's Anatomy right now and then I was like has Meredith been this annoying the whole time Mm -hmm. and the answer is yeah
2: yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah, And I have also been uh Damon knows this. I've been rewatching Grace as well, but I'm like at a place where now everything's new content because I never got as far watching it again. So I'm like on season 15 now. Uh, And and this is another thing when she's with Derek Shepherd, I really think that Derek Shepard is the problem. Uh and like, and I really I when that show came out, I was like, oh my God, Patrick Dempsey, McDreamy, I get it. I'm here for it. I subscribe, like, yes. Um and Nick Steamy came and I was like, I get it, but like I'm full team McDreamy. And then now watching it later on as like like a wiser adult, I'm like, he's awful.
2: Yeah. Like he yeah, he mansplayed all he does is like now now he just kind of wags his finger at her for 10 years.
1: Yeah, like I'm at the part in uh I just passed the part in season eight where like spoiler for a 20-year-old show, <laughs> uh <laughs> where he um like she mess with his trial and then he's like we can only be together if you no longer do neuro even though she's like a neuro god apparently mm-hmm. so it's just like oh but I like it just it can clearly see how these shows influence like my early love life and like yeah like if if Chris was to see that like go back and like replay this like weekend moment it's like what part of it did it like switch or was he always like that and then you just realized it too you know what mm-hmm. I mean
2: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. uh wait oh wait uh wait repeat the question again
1: uh oh no I'm just (laughs) saying like I'm just wondering like if you were to like look back at that time because you realize like something was off Mm -hmm. like when you were about to like leave
2: okay and it was
1: like always if we like it was always like that way and we just romanticized it or you know
2: yeah there's and there's definitely something I feel like I've experienced that more um in my adulthood that like this thing I mean I'm sure we all have men am I right that men like pull back when like I don't know it's something I've noticed like when I don't know if it's me or if it's just all people but like when I'm like one-on-one with somebody um there's just such a we just have deeper conversations and a connection but then when more people get involved the people I had that connection with are suddenly like very standoffish and they're like they're get I think they're afraid to be as like open as they were with me when it was just the two of us and then when like more people around they're like walls come up a little bit
0: yeah especially with men especially um when you so i have all these fond memories of band and like band trips being on buses like you know all the weirdo things you do to bond with your band friends like, did you ever do anything with Chris in that term? Like, did you have like bus ride memories or like, you know, like stuff like that where I think so fondly of like the breaks between band where you're like all eating dinner together. I We were also competitive marching band. So maybe it was a little different, mm-hmm. uh, but only because we were constantly traveling yeah. for our season.
2: <laughs> um, Any like fun band? I think we, I, I do remember that week there was a really fun night. It was, the, I think it was the last night because I think if, I think it was like a Sunday to Friday camp. Um, so it must've been that Thursday night and we went to this like pub place. We didn't, they obviously didn't service liquor or anything, but it was like a fun night. It, it was really fun because the counselors put on a show for us. So it was like, it was actually really fun to like, see everybody, you know, the people that have been, have been teaching us the whole week about jazz to see them play. And it was like, Oh man, they're like <laughs> really fucking good. Um, and like me and Chris were definitely like side by side for that. Um, it's just fun to just laugh and dance. And I remember of the counselors, they did like this, um, what's the thing called where you have like, you put song, like a word on a loop or something, the little pedal thing. Um, oh. Uh, uh, what's her name
0: i mean i mean i feel like it's like looping or like i mean i feel like that's a part yeah,
2: of it i think they were doing like some looping stuff and they had like the little like beatbox thing going this like these two of these counselors they did this thing called they made up the whole song because some someone in the camp said they look creepy and called them night stalkers and so they created a song called night stalker oh no it wasn't our camp there was a cheerleader camp happening at the same time and the, cheer,
1: the oh. cheerleaders called them like
2: you you guys look like some night stalkers and so it was very jazz versus cheer that whole week uh, for her, a battle of who had the better camp. And um, I just remember the counselors made a song called Night Star, and it was like, N-I-G-H-T, stalker, N-I-G-H-T, stalker. It was, man, maybe it, it's lost in the in the almost decade since it happened, over a decade, but very fun night.
1: No, it's definitely like when you had when we had those camps where we traveled. There'd be like those inside jokes. and you get back to school, you're like, "Oh, remember if it was like night soccer, like night soccer," <laughs> and Stalker. the three people that were there laughed, and everyone else is like,
2: "Weirdos." Right. So. <laughs> okay, freaks. You had to be there. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do remember. Uh, we didn't have like a camp, but whenever we traveled, it was always like it was just like craziness and it's like why And now looking back I'm like why are you allowing like 14 and 15 year olds like to ever leave (laughs) or go anywhere
2: it's like just keep them in a building and then let them go home
1: yeah just just go yeah Mm. because I was definitely in I was in regular orchestra and then symphonic orchestra so and then and then at one point I just was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, but you know, you're like, what else am I going to do? Like all my friends are here sort of like improv. Sometimes you're like, mm-hmm. well, all my friends do this. So here I am.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, Sunday at 10 30. Okay. <laughs> for these two, two people. Okay. I'll do the show.
0: Do you still have your saxophone funding?
2: I do not. I sold it for money a few years ago. I. <laughs> I I sold that one. I when I was moving out uh, of my mom's house last December, uh, oh god, a month ago, um, I saw like <laughs> I she still has my like the first sex one I had. Like the I think I think she got it on loan from because she worked at Downers Grove North High School, so I think she borrowed it from that uh, jazz di- or sorry band director. I guess we still have it. I saw it in one of the closets at my mom's house. I, I do not play anymore.
0: I was going to be like, oh, maybe like when you're improvising, it would be really fun if you just like whipped it out I was like, we're going to do a different type of improv yeah. today.
2: I don't know, musical <laughs> jazz, improvised jazz is so hard. Like it's like the C hard. music is just like A7 to B flat five. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> But like there, there's like an element to read it like you just have to see those like chords like oh okay I can play these seven notes and then I'm gonna play these seven notes I just it was just lost on me
0: well and I I still play saxophone for some things like and I have been lucky enough that I can take it and get like some ran like really weird random paid gigs mm-hmm. and it's like they're not like big things, but they're small things. But then like, I always pretend that I'm the person who's like, oh yeah, no, I know music theory. I don't need it. I know what I'm doing. And I just like, literally just like play around and people are like, cool. Uh, Not what I thought it was going (laughs) to sound like.
2: Okay. We love the enthusiasm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They're like, well, I can't play it. So it's better than me. So I'll still pay you for it. But also like, this isn't something you actively practice, is it? And I'm like, it's more than you can yeah. do.
2: <laughs> it's like you hired me.
0: Yeah. I'm like I know how to play. I have an extra. <laughs> so <laughs> very
2: important.
1: Yeah. I remember one time. So I still have my violin and I have not touched it since like my last performance when I was like 18. Mm. And I remember uh this gentleman I was dating at the time, like saw it in the closet. And he's like, Oh, you could just like play it. And I was like, I, I haven't even tried it. And then he, instead of just like respecting boundaries, he just kept like, like poking at it. And I finally was just like, I'm never going to play it. You need to yeah. stop. <laughs> and those are red flags of like, "Hmm, if you're already poking about this, you're probably going to do other things. I mean, of course it took like a couple more months to realize that, mm-hmm. but that's sort of like the one thing, but it's just like, kind of sucks. Cause I wish sometimes like oh that first love you have you're just like so happy and you don't have the baggage and like so now it's like my current partner when he does something it's not him that's doing it or triggering it it's like partners past that like have done mm-hmm. that and so that's what I say all this to say what I love about are your first love is it's just so like innocent and like anything is possible and like yeah, of course you'll like be in love with the person you met at band camp and of course you'll do long distance versus now if you're in the Chicago area like if you're not even on the tra- right train stop or train line like we can't date
2: yeah. <laughs> oh yeah I <laughs> Chicago I had a real I'm never gonna go west like not even Logan Square that's that's too far
1: no if I have to do two train or switch a train, no
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: if I had a car would be differently but even then I'm like oh but I don't want to have to park and I don't want to have to like worry about like someone hijacking it or yeah.
1: whatever um hijacking yeah, I, sorry I just like thought of them like i'm hijacking this girl <laughs> it's probably not it's what like, i meant um, sorry i got
2: hijacked i can't i can't i can't make I can't, it <laughs> you
0: know, oh what an excuse oh I, you know what i was on my way but then i got hijacked I'm, I, I gotta go home <laughs>
1: I'm going to say that one time when I like don't want to go somewhere. I'm like, Julie, I got yeah.
2: hijacked. <laughs> Sorry. Are,
0: Damon, are you on the apps?
2: I, oh, man.
0: I mean, are you, what's your current status, oh, Damon?
2: Ooh, current status. Um, I am, so I'm on the apps, but uh, being in Los Angeles, uh, Grindr is just, it's like the Walking Dead. It is the, cre- the creepiest <laughs> men because- you know, it's LA, it's beautiful, but because of that, there's you know, there's a big drug, you know, scene out here. And just a lot of the men are just very they always invite me to do crazy things. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to do anything like that. Um so I use uh been using hinge because people, mm. people seem not out of their minds on there. But I'm 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 dating. I'm dating. I'm dating. Damon's dating. Good.
0: Yes. got it got it because i almost feel like now like compared to like your first love like when you when nobody has baggage you haven't like learned about the cruelties of the world or like the the consequences of heartbreak as it were like if there's something very so like sweet about it and now like when you're an adult and like if I were to go on a date with someone to find out like they still had no baggage that would be a red Mm. flag
2: (laughs) oh that's interesting
1: but would it be like because sometimes people have never just had a a partner or anything is that like the type are you just talking about like what kind of baggage
0: I don't know like it's it's kind of like if 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 you're too squeaky clean Mm. like one I feel like one you're not being honest two I don't I don't trust that you've lived 30 years and have done like you you just have nothing to show for it romantically. Like I'm not a person that's been in a ton of long-term relationships uh, and by I haven't been in a ton, it's zero and I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. But like, um, which I I don't think is uncommon to be fair. Mm -hmm. But um, as someone who's never really had like a long-term or like intense relationship, I've definitely been in love and I've definitely had relationships with people even if there was never a label. So it's like one of those things where it's like, I don't think, I'm less because I haven't had like labeled relationships as it were. So I feel like it's, it's not even a matter of if you haven't had a relationship, but if you're just like, if you try to play it off as if like, nothing's bad's ever happened to me, I'm just a peach and I have everything to offer. Like I do not trust. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Cause then that definitely feels like you're hiding something or you're trying to, I, I would feel paranoid. Like, are you trying to like have the moral high ground over me or something? Or like trying to like. <laughs> Like, oh, you're squeaky clean and I'm a goblin who's committed atrocities.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't even know if there is such a thing as someone with no baggage at a certain point, but But, I guess it's just like, yeah,
1: yeah. But there are people um, like- I was in a situationship like a few years ago. Like that's the best way to describe it. Like, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes like, I felt like when he would ask questions, like it was like a judgment type of thing. Like at one point he asked like how many partners or people I've been with. And like, I'm in my thirties. Like I, I, it's not like when I was in my early twenties, I like counted, you mm-hmm. know, and after a certain <laughs> point, you're just like, I, 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 I haven't committed any, crazy crimes like let's focus on that (laughs) yeah and then I like and I said like oh you know I didn't I don't really keep track like something to that effect and he was like oh well I can count on the number of my hands how many people I've been with and I'm like good sir you were like in a six-year relationship Mm -hmm. (laughs) before this so like whatever like what are you trying to do brag and like looking back at I could see like like even though he had been in like a relationship and it clearly had ended, like he was trying to be like, oh, I'm better than without saying mm-hmm. that. And like, just admitting like, hey, maybe you just don't have dating experiences and like, uh, don't be a jerk.
0: Really?
1: <laughs> yeah. But there are people like that because they just don't want to be like, well, all the baggages that I have and here's everything. and Just like, just be a fucking human, you know?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, Damon, maybe you can speak to this, but I feel like for a uh like speak to this in terms of like having a different perspective or like because as a woman it's like you're either like too prude or you're too hoary, a lot of the times and they're like you have to find a middle ground or like be with someone who like does not give a fuck and but sometimes there's a man who will like I feel like especially when you're dating a man I uh, for the sake of this podcast will say I love all the colors of the rainbow um but uh exactly (laughs) Uh, but uh you know when I have dated men there seems to be a very obvious judgment or like some sort of tone in terms of like like when it comes to sex sex like what is appropriate what's too much like and so I don't know if if you've had similar experiences where you felt judged for how active you might be Um, But I know for women, it's like, there's, there's rarely middle ground.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. I feel like for, for gay men, it feels like the, the pendulum swings, like either I find people who are like, you know, they, they shame me for being casual. Like, oh my gosh, how dare you? I want the love of my life. Get away from me, you fiend. But then sometimes (laughs) (laughs) I'll like, want to like go on a date with somebody and they're like, whoa I just want to take it easy you're crazy you're obsessed with me get away from me so it's like uh th- I feel like those are like the two extremes of gaming. and it's like either they like want the love of their life and they don't want to keep anything casual they want to know right now that it's locked in or it's like oh my god um calm down you stepford wife psycho <laughs> uh I like they they don't want any kind of commitment at all like they, <laughs> they want uh the door's unlocked come inside Leave. Don't talk to me. <laughs> All these like very emotionally <laughs> stunted things. Um, you know, it's great.
1: <laughs> oh, it's uh pretty much yeah. the same. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, basically okay. the same. Go, 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 go. But they also I'm gonna make
0: a little callback for you because that reminds me of your web series App Queen. Oh yes.
2: Because mm. that was such
0: a great little um, venture into dating apps and experiences that i thoroughly enjoyed um but that's what that reminded me of just your experiences there yeah
1: if you were to write a uh app queen episode based on like where chris is now what do you think oh. they're doing
2: Ooh. or
0: yeah, like what if he just showed up at your door like you were like oh some chris on like hinge just messaged me and it was him yeah oh um- just like what
2: up oh okay it would be like a bottle episode where like uh we match on an app and then he comes over and i'm like oh my god it's you from Bandcamp!" and then like we just have like a one-act play uh conversation kind of a thing where like he's married with kids and he's like we're both like you know it's like oh you were the one who got away you were the one who got away from me and uh we'll wait and see when i turn in the draft how it works out <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it ends, but I feel like that would be the situation where we just randomly reconnect again. And we just decide, we we talk about like, what are we going to do now that we're adults?
1: Oh my God. That'd be so fun. Oh gosh. If I, if I ran into my first love,
0: also calling it a love, like makes me feel really weird. But like, Mm -hmm. if I were to run into the first person I had extreme feelings for, I,
1: I think I'd run the opposite direction. (laughs)
0: really <laughs> or
1: you could be like me and the following happened uh so <laughs> my first like love or whatever like we dated for like a month and then I broke up with him because I wanted to date this other guy and it didn't work out with him so I was like oh, I'm gonna try to get back uh, he's not gonna listen to this, unless Charlie is listening mm-hmm. Charlie I was like I'm gonna get back with Charlie but like one of my friends was like told him that I broke up with him and that's the reason why so then he held it against me forever which then of course I was like pining for him like I was like no like love me be with me <laughs> so dumb and then like years later I like we like reconnected on a uh, age showing my space <laughs> and like we hung out a little bit and then um we, I, I thought we were just like hanging out as friends. And then I realized he was like taking me on a date. And I was like, oh no, I didn't want this to be a date. I thought we were, cause he like paid for it. And like, at like my age, like at that time you're we like, oh, if someone pays for it, it's definitely a date. And then I got like really freaked out and just like kind of like after the movie just like took out of his car. And then I had invited him to a party already. So he came to the party and we had gotten really drunk and like made out and then i was like okay i'm like i'm like over this at this yeah. point but he had continued drinking at the party to the point that he was like puking at the party and then was like calling my name to help him and as a brat that i was i was like no <laughs> i like disappeared <laughs> and then i hadn't seen him for a long time after that so then like well this was a few years ago i was like with one of my friends and this is back in Arizona. And we go to this like Mexican food restaurant and she was like picking up food and she used to work there. So she was like talking to people in the back, whatever. And this cashier was like talking to me. He looked, I, I didn't know who he was. And I looked at his name tag just in case, like maybe I had met him different name. And he was like, telling me all this stuff, like bragging about it, which is like a very strange thing to be telling somebody who like, you don't know. And I was just like, okay, whatever. Like I just wanted to leave because like this guy was like giving me like weird vibes and I was just like I want to leave mm. so my friend comes and gets the food we get into her car and I'm like Jesse that guy was so weird like telling me all this stuff like I forgot what he said but it, like just like bragging like I don't even know that dude she's like that's Charlie and says his last name I'm like no it's not she's like yeah that is this man looked completely different wow. like I don't even know and so then she, I was like, you're lying, Jesse, you're lying. And she pulled up his Instagram and was like, that's him. And I was like, oh my God, and it was his name and everything. I didn't even recognize him. And that's the last time I saw him. Wow.
2: That's pretty epic. <laughs> yeah.
1: So <laughs> don't, don't go back to your first love. Right. Don't just leave him there.
0: I mean, I, I will say I wish him well. Um, and I don't have hard feelings about it. I just have, I like, I'm like, I, I, I don't I I'm over this
2: <laughs> yeah I, and I think for me <laughs> it could go one of two ways and that's the problem. I just way. I just want to know was I crazy like with my first love like did mm-hmm. I w- w- to ask yeah. him like was I making this up in my head or like was there something you know because I've you know like was that connection real or was it just not that I'm crazy was it just one way I guess is what I would want to know
1: I feel as again being on the outside of things, there was something there because like you don't just like share, like especially during that time, sharing headphones with somebody mm-hmm. would have been like a big thing. Yeah. Like it was like he didn't just share headphones and like especially music, how music just brings us together, like that's a big thing. I would think if I was you, I'd be like, oh, this this person's into me.
2: Right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I
1: agree. I agree. I'm not-
0: I feel also like with music especially in your teens like music is just so like there's I don't know I was also an emo kid so for me it was like real deep um and when my first love like the person I bonded with like we had a shared love of like pop punk which really brings people together (laughs) I don't know if if you're aware of that
2: Um, (laughs) I didn't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) so like old like Newfound glory. I almost said Old Town Glory, which would have been weird. <laughs> but Newfound Glory, like Blink 182, like brought us together on a band bus. It was real special. But like you you, you know, as a teen, you also put meaning into literally everything. And I feel like music is just something so personal and special. And when you have someone to share it with, and like especially when you feel like it's only this person, right. and it seems like they reciprocate that with you, it's like hard to feel like that bond doesn't matter. Mm-hmm that it's not something special and unique to that specific situation.
1: Especially where that song like was maybe first listened to, it was in like the end of Cruel Intentions. So it's like, well, it's just like the movie.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The love of my life died and I got revenge on his stepsister.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I forgot all that happened. I
0: had never seen that movie so long. See, for that movie, the thing that stays with me is Ryan Philippi, or however you say his last name, coming up on the escalator, and it's colorblind by the Counting Crows play. That's like yeah. what I, that's was what sticks with me.
1: Wait, I thought it played, that's when it played. It's the, man, I got it all wrong.
2: They play colorblind when Ryan and Reese first get together in the movie. I'll right. use the actor names. And then bittersweet symphony is like what plays at the end at ryan felipe's uh funeral when sarah michelle geller is giving like the eulogy but like selma blair is like handing out the diary of like her true her her like that she's evil and then like there's mm-hmm. that scene where her dad like takes her cross necklace and like empties out the cocaine <laughs> that was inside oh of it. yeah she's like that single mascara tear like oh, i'm ruined at age 17
0: <laughs> i always wanted that cross necklace uh,
1: uh powerful. Okay. Uh, any more, qu- <laughs> any more questions? <laughs>
0: uh, Damon. So in terms of relationships, since you're dating right now, but not particularly committed, what are you looking for?
2: Oh gosh. Um, you know, I've been, I've been talking about this a lot to literally anyone who will listen to me, but, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Cause like, uh, when I was in Chicago, um, and I was dating, I, actively try to avoid the comedy scene yet you know crushes did happen but uh the people I was actually going on dates with were people who were outside of that so they were like Chicago people like they lived in Chicago and they would always ask me like oh what do you want to, where do you see yourself in a few years Where do you want to do and I would always be like oh, I'm gonna to move to LA I'm gonna you know try to make it as a writer in LA and I always felt like people were like oh well he's gonna leave me eventually so like they never really <laughs> felt that I was invested in you know maybe they were right So it's interesting now that I'm actually in the place that I wanted to be in the city that I wanted to be. And it's like, well, there's no other, there's no other plan after this. So I'm here. And so I'm more open to dating. This is not your uh, answering your question at all. What am I looking for in dating? I, I wonder, I wonder, I like, I don't know. I like people with good voices. I like people who like uh, have a passion that's, Separate than mine. I'm not really looking for like, you know, someone to like put on my coat in the morning or anything. Like, like I don't need anyone to make me breakfast or anything like that. Or like, you know, your
1: coat.
2: I don't. You know, like, like
1: you mean like put it on for you? Yeah. Like they. Yeah. You, you know, you like put it out and then.
2: Yeah, yeah. and I you slip your arms. Fancy.
1: I literally was like, is this a euphemism put <laughs> on your coat in the
0: morning? Like, what does that mean? Because I imagine like just your partner just being like, oh, I'm going to wear David's coat today. You're... I just like, <laughs> yeah.
2: I get, I don't want someone to literally put my coat on me. Like I, I can put on my own coat. Um, <laughs> Understood. Yeah. Uh, just like someone who's like a confidant, who's ready for all my neuroses, just listing everything I, I gotta i gotta really compact this answer this is a, this is a heavy topic no
1: you write it down in a list you mm-hmm. write a list mm-hmm. that's what my mom said and i thought it was the dumbest thing and then i made a list and here we are mm. but making at least knowing what you want maybe you don't have to write it down but like knowing what you want is better than just be like a hot person yeah
2: i mean so i guess yes i'm trying to think a little short list just someone kind and fun and you know someone with their uh their own passion separate from mine um but like who wants to like I don't know debrief together and like talk about our days because you know I, I want to learn I want to learn about what they're passionate about and I hope they're interested in what I'm doing I guess I want someone who's interested in me at the end of the day <laughs> awesome.
0: it's a good start it's a good start so let's go into some um more uh uh whimsical questions if you will so this is somewhat related but I want to know do you have any deal breakers like can't date this is a thing we can't date
2: um it's hard I mean I don't know if this is necessarily a deal breaker. I feel like it wouldn't work, but you know, any, especially if for, you know, the white men out there, you know, we don't, we don't want, no, sorry, not white men, but like a deal breaker is like a white man who fetishizes a black man. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the sentence, (laughs) finish the sentence. You're no (laughs) white
1: man, no.
2: No, Uh, (laughs) hey, everybody can give it a try. Um, So and honestly, for anybody, don't don't fetishize me. No fetishizers. Um, but mm-hmm. I, although that that usually becomes clear very very quickly. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Other deal breakers. Um, yeah, no. I'm trying to think. I was gonna say no Republicans, but again, come on. Uh, no, I'll say it. No Republicans. I don't want to. No, no, thank you. I'm sorry, but no.
0: Just it gets complicated yeah. with mm-hmm. Republicans. Yeah.
2: And just uh, deal breakers like anyone who's like. <laughs> it's so ironic saying that I don't like anyone who has like strong, like lines in the sand that they're not willing to budge on as I make my list of what I don't want to budge on. Uh, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like people who aren't open to discovering new ideas or like changing yeah. their yeah. worldviews, because, mm-hmm. you know, especially now we're like we I think we need to reevaluate some things that we thought were like social, social norms. Um, and there you go. Um.
1: Uh, why did you pick this story that you picked.
2: Um, I picked this one because I believe Julie was saying you pick like a, a like a strong memory, like a memory that really resonates with you. And like this one of all the memories I had, like I have other strong memories, but they were always like um, you know like when i won an award in band which happened my senior year I won the john phillips mm-hmm. award uh, whatever you know uh, uh you know um you know getting on comet uh back at io um they were there were all stories that like had like an ending that i don't really you know i think they helped inform me but uh i don't really think about them anymore if that makes any sense um mm-hmm. like i have to, like that is that memory and it's kind of like open and close and this is one that I still think about as I'm on this, you know, journey of like finding love and like, what do I like, what am I looking for in like a a partner um, that I really think this one still has yet to really conclude if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. The the morals and stuff I learned from the story still reverberate today for me.
1: Good, good,
0: good, 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 good answer. (laughs) Um, What is the weirdest thing in your closet since you're sitting in there?
2: Um, weirdest thing it's, uh, it's out there. So, uh, I don't I think about it every day. So I'm at an Airbnb for this month. I, we have found a place, mom, Yeah. I know you're listening. <laughs> uh, I found a place uh, for next month and going forward. Um, but in this Airbnb, my host, uh, I just found it last week. I've been here since December 29th. I wish I found it sooner. I found slippers. I found uh, a pair of slippers. They fit perfectly. I don't know how that happened. I did not give my shoe size. It's just there. And it's the weirdest thing because it fits my feet so perfectly. And I, cause I have tiny little nine and a half feet. I'll tell the world. And I want to take the slippers with me and I don't, I assume I can, right? I, I don't know. Should I leave them? Can I take them. I'm going to I mean, if
0: you've them. been wearing them this time, like I wouldn't want them back. Right. Yeah.
2: Right.
1: I mean, maybe with a
2: pandemic. My feet.
1: I don't know. Would you? Would would it be weird to ask?
2: I, I might. I might just. Maybe I'll 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 throw her a text like midway through the week. Like, is it cool if
0: I just keep these?
2: (laughs) I found these. I'm gonna keep them. I've been wearing them.
0: And they were just in your closet when you got there.
2: Yeah, there's like a ton of like really cool stuff in here. Like, you know. Like cool domestic stuff like a laundry hamper, this weighted wow. blanket. Uh she gave me like tons of, of towels and stuff, an, an iron and an ironing board. So like tons of like things that I have been using. But like the slippers, I wanna I wanna keep them because I've never I have not had a pair of slippers since I was like 10. Um
0: <laughs> I love that you said there's a lot of really cool stuff in here, like domestic stuff, but like cool stuff like a laundry hamper. <laughs> and then I was like, it's like you'd be like, Oh, like there's these crystals and these items from like Morocco and like Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> laundry hampers and towels and an iron. Very cool.
2: Hey, well, <laughs> when we're when we're starting over, the little things are important. <laughs> hey, you're
1: right. You're, yeah. right. you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, my next uh, whimsical question is: I just love it because it tells a lot about people. If you and three other people were on a heist, it could be your friends, it could be other comedians, it could be famous people. On a heist, who would those people be, and what would the heist be?
2: Ooh, okay. I want to steal. Um, I can only think of Ocean's Eight right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> robbing the Met Gala, which uh.
0: So Rihanna, uh... yeah,
2: Rihanna, Sandra Bullock, Sandra Bullock. Uh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, not those folks. I would say this is such an interesting question. I okay, they can can they be fictional characters?
1: Yeah, any it could be anybody. Yeah.
2: Okay, we got to take my girl Buffy Summers, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's she's on the team. Good choice. She mm-hmm. she's my right hand right hand uh, gal pal. So <laughs> we we got Buffy. And we've got Harry Potter, because he... <laughs> Actually, no, I'm going to stop picking people with problematic creators right now. Um,
1: so... <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, uh, well, but I'm going to keep Buffy, because I stand by that. Um, let's do... <laughs> Maleficent. I mean,
0: uh, they can be your
1: friends to <laughs> Maleficent, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, see, I, I want skills. I want people with superpowers. That's the thing. Uh... <laughs> I think we, we gotta have Maleficent because if things go wrong, she'll turn into that giant black dragon and like, mm-hmm. get us out of trouble. So we got Buffy, we got Maleficent and um, how we got Evan Mills.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question, what, what would Evan do in this heist? I feel like he'd be a good distraction.
2: Oh yeah, so Evan would do a lot of work beforehand because he would like take a bunch of photos at the heist location sure. for his Instagram. But it would also be like him <laughs> scoping out the location, um, so he'd be like the reconnaissance person. Uh, and I think we're gonna steal, we're gonna steal some diamonds. I don't know where, but whatever, wherever there are diamonds, we're gonna steal those. Evan's gonna take mm-hmm. the pics, and then Buffy's gonna break in. Maleficent is mm-hmm. gonna deactivate the security, and then I'm just gonna grab the diamond and go. <laughs> He was like, "Yeah, <laughs> and away we go." Uh, that's my team. That's my team.
1: Good job. Strong team. Strong team. <laughs> I love that Evan. It's like <laughs> mystical, mystical Evan, who's also mystical yeah.
2: in his own way. I mean, have mm-hmm. you? He knows he. It's scary how what how good he is at Instagram. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't. I don't.
0: I'm sure he would take that as a big compliment. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. And he'd be like, oh, oh, but like, tell me more.
2: Yeah. Oh, but no, go back to me, please.
1: No.
0: <laughs> um, so apart from Cruel Intentions, and I don't know that this would, this would, that would be your answer for this, but is there one film that you could literally watch over and over and over again and just never tire of?
2: Um, I think... Oof so lame. I'm sorry guys. Uh to all the boys I loved before. Um oh, I think
0: Well no that's cute. <laughs> I was
2: like, "Ugh, I love Six Story and I got this. what about Girl Who Has a crush. Um it it used to be Goonies, but I can I can wait on Goonies. Um Actually, wait. To all the boys I loved before and Clue. Clue as well. <gasps> love Clue. Mm-hmm. God, it's maybe it's cuz they have like those three like different endings. So um mm-hmm. I feel like, you can at least watch it three times and get <laughs> and get a different experience. Um,
1: um, the oh my gosh, I forgot her name, but the actress who plays Mrs. White, uh, when she goes the flames, the flames,
0: Madeline Kahn. Yes. Madeline. I, I
1: just I think of that scene randomly at least once a week. So, Damon, I'm based
0: on all of your answers, I would guess to say that you would consider yourself a romantic.
2: Yeah yeah i hate to admit it but yeah i mean yeah yeah i think because like like you guys were saying about like the television you know has like (laughs) informed our ideas of what romance and relationships are definitely Mm -hmm. buffy my heist you know go to uh you know that whole show of like you know those first few seasons with her and the vampire angel of like Oh, it's this forbidden love of like, uh, he's a vampire and she's a vampire slayer. They can't be together. It's a, it's so wrong. <laughs> and I think that has led to me really crushing hard on straight boys so much. <laughs> there is a direct correlation between <laughs> that and this. And I'm like, Ugh.
0: So in terms of like this romantic, I'm like, clearly you have a love of pop culture, which I fully support. Um, yeah, I would hope so. The random
2: womb is in your background. <laughs> Evan, I have the First Wives Club.
1: (laughs) Oh, I need to get something. I'll find. I'll find.
2: Yeah. Oh, please, please.
0: (laughs) Um, Mrs. This will be my last question. But if you say you were in your next relationship and it was like, oh my God, this person's the love of my life. Like, I can't imagine living without them. What would be like your go-to first choice couples costume
1: for Halloween?
2: Ooh, that's a good one. Um. Oh, wait i missed it wait okay, you- this, pop-
1: this is my pop culture reference
2: not today <laughs> come
1: on bianca del rio
2: uh bianca um yasmin got it for
0: me yasmin ramos oh my god yes yes we love yas
2: <laughs> yeah i hope this is a yasmin uh this is a pro yasmin podcast uh
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> always a forever yasmin ramos sorry continue
2: this might be too cute and too specific but i would be dressed as the riddler from batman and my partner would have to be named Mark and we would be question mark.
1: I love that.
2: <laughs> or he could just wear a name tag that says Mark. <laughs> and then like, I'll just have a question mark on like a sweater or something. So I don't need to be dressed as the Riddler. Um, so I'll be the question. But you mark. should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then the next year, I'll be the Riddler. And I think Neil Patrick Harris did this with his family. Like, he was the Riddler. His husband was Two-Face and his kids were Batman and Robin. Oh, I
0: like that. Yeah, it's a good answer. I like that it's not super obvious, and that you're like part of me was like, oh, he's gonna be like Buffy and Angel or Buffy and Spike
1: or
2: oh, Angel and know. Spike.
0: Ooh, mm-hmm. I'm not mad at that. Were but they together on like the
1: show? I've never seen the show. Oh,
2: okay. never I mean, together. I'm but-
0: sure there's a huge fanfic situation. Oh
2: yeah. And there there was <laughs> there's one throwaway throwaway line in one of the seasons where people are like, are they suggesting that the two of them maybe?
0: I mean no. you,
2: they've been vampires for over like 200 years. I mean, gotta have a boring Sunday sometime.
0: <laughs> when I feel like bad <laughs> angel, happens. like Angelus would have been like, I'm curious.
2: Yeah. And I have no soul. So not that you have to This is fine. Not that yep. doing something uh, uh, homosexual means that you have no soul. Just want to put that on. <laughs> Cut that. They're Cut gonna that part. take this that part. clip and then
1: they're gonna take that one clip of that line and then cancel you ten years from now.
2: <laughs> he said that gay people are soulless.
1: <laughs> That's what he said.
2: Soulless vampires.
0: <laughs> no. And then the Republican Party that you said, I'm not gonna date hit them. We'll be like, we want him for Senate. Yeah.
2: Ugh, get in line, Republican Party. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants you to join the Senate. God.
0: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Damon. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank
2: you guys. So this was so fun, and this was honestly um, any excuse I have to write in this kind of way, I really welcome. So thank you so much for uh, creating a space for me to finally tell this story uh, coherently and to get a writing piece that I might use for uh something else down the line and yeah,
0: now when I when I hear um bittersweet symphony I'll just think of you you know making string noises yeah. and it'll be nice. oh
2: I thought you were saying <laughs> I'll think of cargo shorts which is what I think about that yeah. too
1: <laughs> and the cord headphones not the cord
2: <laughs> I was like how do I describe these cordful <laughs>
0: Damon Royster is a writer, actor, teacher, and owner of a great set of legs based out of LA. His new Marvel podcast, Podcast 616, is out now on Apple Podcasts. You can find Damon on Instagram at Damon Royster or Twitter at Podcast 616 P3. You can follow Sparks of Madness on Instagram at Sparks of Madness Podcast. Sparks of Madness is a part of the Trident Network to learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.
1: Uh, one of my uh, my teenage questions was Joshua Jackson. So.
0: I never understand that uh. one. I'm sorry.
1: And never, okay. Remember. Those who get it, get it.
2: <laughs> He's approachable. That's the thing. He's hot, but approach Like, you could we, could, we could all get with the Joshua Jackson.
0: Mm-hmm.